Okay. Shalom. All right, chapter two. Avi was having a great dream. The entire Brooksville Yeshiva Ktana had been buried under snow. The school had just announced that it would be closed for a whole week. In his dream, Avi and his friends happily raced out of the building into a beautiful white snow. Avi picked up a handful of white powder and formed the most perfect snowball for his life. He lifted powder? the snowball. Yeah, powder. White powder. See? And formed the most perfect snowball of his life. He lifted the snowball and got ready to throw it high, it high into the air. Suddenly, to his great horror, the snowball began to talk to him. Wake up, Avi! The snowball shouted. Wake up! Avi's eye popped open. There was no talking snowball. It was only his little brother shaking him wildly. <laughs> Avi loved his five-year-old brother, Shmuley, but sometimes he could be very annoying. What? What's the matter, Shmuley? Avi muttered. Why are you waking me up so early? It's only five o'clock in the morning. I know it's early, answered Shmuley excitedly, but you're not going to believe what's happening. What's happening? asked Avi sleepily. I hope it's something really important if you're waking me up this early. Important, cried Shmuley. Of course it's important. I wouldn't wake you up unless it was important. What is it? asked Avi. Did Mashiach come? Shmuley stopped to think about this for a minute. No, he answered. I guess it's not that important. Oh, Avi shrugged to keep his eyes open. No, tell me what's already, Shmuley. What is it? Shmuley's small feet padded over to window and ceremoniously lifted the blinds. Look, he cried excitedly. It's snowing. Avi looked at the window through the slits of his eyes. Sure enough, it was snowing again. It was actually snowing quite heavily. That's what's so important? He flung a pillow at his brother. You woke me up at 5 o'clock in the morning to tell me that about the weather? Shmuel did a little dance in front of the window. It's not just the weather. Look how much snow is coming down. I heard him say that if it snows anymore, schools might be closed. Avi looked through the window. Shmuley was right. There already was a lot of snow falling. His shiva would very likely be closed. The sleepy fog quickly lifted off from Avi's mind and his brain began to race. If yeshiva would be closed, then the Brooksville Bike Club would have a whole day to help people. They could help lots and lots and lots of old people dig out of from the snow. You know, he said excitedly, this really is a big news, Shmuley. Shmuley? Avi turned to see his little brother back in bed and fast asleep. Oh, great. Avi tossed around on his bed and punched his pillow. The kid wakes me up, gets me all excited, and then goes to sleep me on me again. Now I'm stuck here, wide awake, all by myself, too excited to sleep. Avi covered himself with his blanket and forced his eyes shut. Kid brothers, he muttered to himself, they sure can drive you crazy. Although he didn't think he would be able to fall back to sleep, Avi soon found himself being woken by the loud ringing of his alarm clock. Although he didn't think he would be able to fall back asleep, Avi soon found himself being awoken by the loud ringing of his alarm clock. Why on earth is my clock ringing so early? Then he remembered the plans he had made with his friends the day before. Avi said, Modani, wash Nagelwasser, and dragged himself out of bed. Boy, was he tired. I wonder what happened to the snow, he thought, shuffling over to the window. When he looked outside, Avi couldn't believe his eyes. Everything was covered with snow. Whole trees were buried. The cars on the street were hardly recognizable. 
they were they were completely covered with snow and we could not remember even seeing snow this deep Javi ran down to the kitchen and found that father was sitting on a table what are you doing up so early Avi? his father asked in surprise today of all days you can sleep late the shifa has been cancelled because of the storm yippee cried Avi, jumping up and down hmm said the rabbi dreamer stroking his beard i thought you liked yeshiva well Avi answered i actually do like yeshiva tari it's just that I have big plans for the Brooksville Bike Club Mitzvah Mission, and having a day off will just give us more time to work on it. I see, said Rabbi Rimler, answered with a smile. Well, good luck, Avi. Since there is no yeshiva, just make sure you and your friends make it to the shul, okay? Of course, Tati, Avi shouted back at his, as he headed for the door. When Avi stepped outside, he saw something unusual sitting, unusual, sitting on his front porch. He bent down to pick it up. It was a bright red snow shovel. Tied around its bundle handle was a bright red bow. And tied to the bow was a little card that read, Good luck to the Brooksville Black Club on their mitzvah mission. I hope this shovel will help you. Best wishes, Svi. Oh, wow, cried Avi, hefting the shovel into the air. This is great. Good old Svi really is the best. Avi stepped off the front step and found himself sinking deep into snow that came up higher than his knees. This is not going to be easy, he thought as he forced his legs through the snow. The short walk to Moshe's house took a lot longer than usual. Wow, he thought. On my bike, I can get from my house to Moshe's in five seconds. Today took me a whole ten minutes. How will everyone be able to get around today? Just as Avi approached the Goldstein's house, Moshe came bounding off the front porch. Look what I got! Moshe waved the familiar red shovel wildly over his head. Avi wasn't surprised to see what was in Moshe's hand. It was the same bright red snow shovel that Svi had left for him. It's from Svi, Moshe yelled. Moshe's yell had sounded usual, unusually loud. At first, the two friends didn't know why. They both stood quietly and listened. At that moment, the entire town of Brooksville was totally, absolutely silent. It was still very early in the morning, and no roads had been cleared yet. No cars, nor buses were running. No people were walking on the street either. There wasn't a sound of the soft snow falling. The two friends stood there for a minute or two, just admiring the silent snow-covered world around them. <clears throat> this is really beautiful, Mush breathed. It really is, Avi agreed quietly, but it's getting late. We'd better go find a room in the alley. A few minutes of trudging in the deep snow. Trudging in the big snow. Okay. Uh, led them to their friends who had been waiting on the corner. Both of Rumi and Ellie carried bright red snow shovels on their shoulders. It's really nice to see the other members of the Brookfield Black Club a Brooksfield Red Shovel Club, Ellie joked. The way the snow is piling up, it looks like we won't be riding our bikes for a while. I sure miss my bike, Moish sighed. Come on, guys, said Avi. We will have about 45 minutes before Minion starts. Where are we going? Asked Romy. To do mitzvah with our shovels, Avi answered. Moish frowned at Avi. What do you mean, he cried. It doesn't look like anyone in town is up yet. Who's walking? Who's... Whose walkway should we shovel? Ah, said Avi with a twinkle in his eyes. I know a house that really needs shoveling right, right now. Whose house? What do you mean? Where are we going? Avi grinned from ear to ear. 
Just follow me, he said, as he bounded down a snow-covered street. Huffing and puffing, the other members of the Berksville Bike Club hurried after Avi. Running through deep snow wasn't easy. It didn't take long for the boys to figure out where Avi was leading them. In a short time, they were hiking up Sinigog Lane toward Anche Berksville. What a great idea, cried Avrumi. Of course. The shul is obviously the first place we should travel a path for. Okay, guys, let's go to work, cried Avi. The boys began shoveling enthusiastically. At first, they were really enjoying themselves. Unfortunately, it didn't take them long to realize that the shul's path was quite long and quite a lot of snow had fallen over the past night. This was not going to be an easy job. This is fun, Avi huffed bravely as rivers of sweat poured down his face. Yeah, lots of fun, puffed Moish's face turning red. Yeah, with an exhausted Ellie. This is <laughs> almost as much fun as trying to lift up a dump truck. I think I'm going to faint right here in the snow. <laughs> Don't give up, Avi panted loudly. Look, we have almost the, almost the whole path clear. Just a few more shovelfuls and we will get the job finished. The boys gritted their teeth and shoveled as fast as the aching hands would let them. Moments later, the four friends let a triumphant whoop. Woohee! We did it! They stood back to admire their work. Now there was a long, clean path stretching from the sidewalk to the shul. This is great, Ali gave Moshe a high five. Now everyone will have an easy time getting to shul. <laughs> yeah, agreed Moshe. I can't wait to see Rabbi Goldenberg's face when it is our path. The boys all smiled as they thought of their beloved Rav's shining face. Yeah, Avrumi said. I'm sure someone his age would never be able to walk through this much snow without our path. Suddenly, Avi's face turned white. Something wrong, Avi? Asked Avrumi. You look like you just swallowed the turtle. Avi slapped his forehead and groaned. What are you groaning about, Avi? Moshe scolded him. Smile and I'll be happy. The path is finally finished. Oy vey, Avi moaned. I just realized that our job isn't over. It's just beginning. What? The three other Brooksville Bike Club members stared at him. Avi looked at his friends. Oh, Didn't you hear what the Vormi just said? He said that Robert Goldmers can walk through all this snow. Well, that's why we shoveled this path, Avi. Mush waved his arm toward the clean, straight path. He was frustrated. They had worked so hard. Why was Avi making more problems? Exactly, Avi explained. We made a nice path, but now how on earth will Robert Goldmers be able to Get to our path. His house, his house is a block away. Slap, slap, slap in unison. Moish, Ellie, and Avromi slapped themselves loudly on the forehead. Oh no! How now Moish was moaning. Poor Rabbi Goldenberg. How could we have forgotten about him? We'd better get over to his house right away. Avromi started to push through the deep snow toward Rabbi Goldenberg's block. The other boys quickly forgot how tired they were. They grabbed their shovels and followed Avromi through the snow toward Robert, the robber's house. Why are we so worried, Panad Moish? I can't imagine Robert Goldenberg's is planning to on going out in this weather anyway. Yeah, added Ellie, huffing and puffing. Moish is right. It's hard for elderly people to get to shul when there is much snow. No way, answered Avi. I know Robert Goldenberg. I'll bet you a million dollars he's standing right by his front door trying to figure out how to get, get to shul. A million bucks could buy me um, my own snowblower, laughed Ellie. I'm going to buy a nice red one with that money. No more shoveling for me. Sorry, answered Ellie. Avi, 
You're not getting a snowblower today. Look who's standing by Robert Green Goldmung's front door. The boys all stopped in their tracks and looked up. There, across a very long, unplowed driveway, up to his knees in snow, stood there Rob. Robert Goldenberg was bundled up in a thick black coat and wore a warm fur hat, gazing calmly up and down the snow-covered street in front of his house. The boys began trudging through the snow towards him. Good morning, Robert Goldenberg, Avi called respectfully. Robert Goldenberg fist lit up at the side of the boys. Good morning, boys, he called happily. And how is the Brookfield Black Club this fine morning? Baruch Hashem, we're fine, answered Avi, Mosh, Avrumi, and Ellie all nodded in agreement. We were just wondering if we could be of any help to the Rav, Avi asked politely. As a matter of fact, you can, he answered. I left my house a few minutes ago, hoping to walk to Shul to Davin Shachris. Unfortunately, my legs aren't strong enough to get me through all this snow. The boys all nodded their heads solemnly. Mm -hmm. Avi's brain began racing faster than a rocket. The Rav needed help. There was way too much snow to shovel between Robert Goldberg's house and the show. They could never do the job themselves, but Avi simply had to think up a way to get Robert Goldberg's to show. You know, said Ellie, this reminds me of what happened to my Bobby on the way to my cousin Shlomi's upsharing. Everyone turned to Ellie. Mosh began to twitch nervously. Whenever Ellie told one of his goofy stories, Mosh never knew whether to laugh, cry, or scream. What uh, happened to your uh, booby? He asked uneasily. Well, said Ellie, booby had backed one of her fantastic tuna kugels for the, for the occasion. Booby had baked one of her fantastic tuna kugels for the occasion. A tuna kugel moist squacked? Of course, Ellie looked at him as if it was obvious. What else would you serve at an upsharing? No, Avi all his eyes. So what happened? Well, Ellie continued, right there in the middle of a snowstorm, our car broke down. We were still five miles from my cousin Shlomi's house. And there was a whole lot of snow on the ground, just like today. So what did you do? asked Avrumi. Ellie looked sorrowful. It was very sad. My father kept turning the key in the ignition and nothing happened. He wanted to wait for a tow truck, but Bobby said it would take too long. After all, she said, what kind of an upshine would Cousin Shlomi have without a tuna kugel? We simply had to get it there on time. Of course, agreed Mosh, rolling his eyes. So what did you do? Asked Avi patiently. Avi, Ellie shrugged his shoulders. There was only one thing we could do, he answered. Bobby took out a tuna kugel. She fixed the car with a tuna kugel? Mosh yelped. Of course, Ellie answered. Bobby took the kugel, walked over to the front of the car, and banged the hood, very hard, with a metal tray. When my father tried turning the key a few seconds later, the car started right up. Good as new. Mosh walked a few steps away, scuffing in the fresh snow and groaning loudly. Ellie's stories always drove him crazy. All of a sudden, his expression changed. His face lit up in a big smile. Hey, he cried, I have an idea. We should call my Bobby? Ellie asked happily. No, no, no. Mosh snapped at him. It was nothing to do with your Bobby. Why don't we carry Rabbi Gollenberg to Shul? Nice idea, said Davi. But I can't think we're strong enough. We're still just kids, you know. Maybe we could bring the Rav to Shul in something, suggested Davrani. 
A helicopter would be nice, said Ellie. <laughs> the boys all start, stared wide-eyed at their friend. Ellie, mm, where would we get a helicopter, asked Abby. <laughs> oh, I have no idea. I just thought it would be nice to have one. Moish took a noise, deep breath. Robert Goldberg had been waiting patiently, and now he spoke up. No, no, boys, he smiled. I said I could use your help. I didn't say that I need you to get me to show. The boys grew quiet. Then what kind of help did the Rav have in mind? Avi asked. Robert Goldberg smiled. Think about it, boys, he said. When I woke up this morning, I knew that it would be almost impossible for me to go to show through this now. Then why was the Rav wearing his coat and hat and, wanting, and waiting by the door? asked Avrami. Rav Goldberg smiled, grew even wider as he continued. I got dressed anyway because I wanted to do my Ishtadlus. I wanted to show Hashem that I was doing my best to get a show. Rabbi Goldberg faced the four boys, smiling his gentle smile. Do you know what I need to do next? He asked. <coughs> if there was one thing the boys knew very well, it was their own motto. Together as one, the four friends shouted out the answer. You have to ask Hashem to do the rest? Everyone, everyone grinned. Avi stepped forward. Then how can we help you? Well, you can help me, Davin, Rabbi Goldberg answered. Let's say a capital of Tehillim together and ask Hashem to get me to show. Standing right there in the snow with much kavana, the elderly rabbi and the four young Brooksville Bike Club members said Tehillim out loud. When they were finished, it was very quiet. The boys had no doubt that Hashem would help answer the Tehillim. They were just bursting with curiosity to see how this would turn out. I'll bet Hashem will send a helicopter, Ellie whispered to Avi. For Tzadik, like Robert Goldenberg, Avi whispered back, I wouldn't be surprised if Hashem would send a spaceship. The five of them stood there in the quiet, snow-covered world for a few seconds longer. The elderly Rav was lost in thought, and the four boys eagerly waited for a miracle. Suddenly, there was a loud explosion. Boom! Avi drove his head, Avi, Avrumi drove headfirst into a snowdrift. Avi jumped into Moshe's arm. What? <laughs> what? What was that noise? cried Avrumi, peering out of the snow pile. Then there was a second very loud boom. All four boys jumped a foot into the air. Then they heard many, many more noises. Bangs and bumps, squeaks and squeezes. The source of the racket was coming closer. The members of the Brooks Vlava stood behind the Rav, huddled together in great fear. Wow, what do you think that is? Mush trembled behind the Rav's back. Whatever it is, whispered Ellie, it sounds mighty scary. They looked towards the street corner. Whatever terrible monster it was, it was making a lot of noise. And it was about to overtake them. The four French in close to Robert Goldberg, shielding themselves with a thick black coat. Shmai, Israel, whispered Moish. <laughs> Ali had his eyes covered. Can you see what it is? Very slowly, Avi peered out from behind Robert Goldenberg. He couldn't believe his eyes. One by one, the other boys looked and their jaws dropped, open in astonishment. There, coming down the block, making a loud putt-putt sound as it crawled through the snow, was a very, very old truck. Attached to its front bumper was a very old and rusty snowplow. <clears throat> the truck inched forward, its motor straining, while its ancient metal plow forward a path through the snow. As the truck grew closer, the boys were able to make out a familiar bald head bobbing up and down behind the huge steering wheel. 
Soon they could see the big feather picture of a large <laughs> seltzer bottle pinned on the truck side. Over the picture in large black letters, it said, <laughs> Seltzer, Seltzer. Good old Mr. Seltzer, Moish exclaimed, laughing out loud. The truck stood stop, <laughs> its gears grinding and the engine puffing. Good morning, Rabbi Goldenberg. A loud shout echoed from inside the truck. Mr. Seltzer had driven a seltzer delivery route for many years before they had retired some years ago. He still kept his ancient truck in his garage, and now, here it was, coming to save the day. The quiet streak shook with another deafening explosion. Thick black smoke spewed from the old truck's tailpipe. When everyone, including the truck, finished coughing, Mr. Seltzer was ready for action. Come on, boys, he, he called. Hop the rav into main truck and then climb into the back. They'll all drive to shoot together. Avi quickly took Robert Golden's stallion's back. Mosh ran to pull open the creaky front door while the Rumi and Ellie each held onto one of the robber's arms and helped him climb into the truck. How did you know we were here? asked Avi as he scrambled into the back of the truck. Well, said Mr. Seltzer, it was really because of the boys. Because of us? How? Well, Mr. Seltzer grunted, grunted as he pulled the big old steering wheel to the right, making the turn into the shoes block. It was a case of mitzvah, gororas mitzvah. You see, as I was walking to shul, I saw the Yule boys down the block shoveling the path. Right away, my brain said, this is not good. I knew we had to get the Rav to shul. You know, I said to myself, if those boys can wake up so early and shovel so much, then Sydney Seltzer can do something too. So I so I ran back to main garage and woke up main old trunk friend. Mr. Seltzer patted the truck's dashboard lovingly. Back in the old days, back in the old days, we uh, we drove through many snowstorms together, delivering seltzer. Me and main truck. And now you deliver rabbis? Chuckled Rabbi Goldenberg. Mr. Seltzer grinned from ear to ear. Why not? He said. People definitely need seltzer. But they need rabbis even more. And what about gabbis? Asked Robert Goldenberg. Everybody stared at Robert Goldenberg. Oi, moaned Avi. We forgot all about Rabbi Yankel, Silver, the shoes gabbai. Don't worry, cried Mr. Seltzer. Rabbi Yankel lives close by. We'll pick him up on the way. As if in agreement, the truck suddenly started shaking and a burst of black smoke exploded out of the tailpipe. Everyone stopped talking and held on tight as a truck bumped and rumbled through the snow-filled streets toward Rabienkel's house. Somehow, the boys were not surprised to see the elderly Gabai standing in front of his house, just as Rabbi Goldberg had. Avi helped Rabienkel climb into the truck, and seconds later, they were on their way. Iron Shea Burksfield, Avi shouted, Here we come!